0: Right, so today's guest has been seen on NBC's last comic standing, Conan O'Brien, and has a clean stand-up comedy special on Dry Bar Comedy. Please welcome to the Check Drop, Mr. Andrew Slater. Hey, thank you. Thank you, you, Chuck. Good
1: to be here. How are you doing? Oh, you know, great. (laughs) Just great. I feel like everybody's, uh, especially up here in the Pacific Northwest where I live, it's just getting really dark figuratively and uh literally it's like four o'clock the sun has been in the news a lot were you you in portland yeah oh yeah yeah portland's been in the news a lot obviously you know everyone thinks we're on fire and rioting but it's it's really not like that at all
0: yeah i I don't see flames behind you coming out of your window so that's that's a good sign
1: no (laughs) you know we have a lot of uh everyone's like we're full of antifa and proud boys but that's it's way less that, way more like free little libraries and certified backyard habitats. That's what I see everywhere. Those signs that say certified backyard habitats, which I don't now, know what that really means. But Now,
0: typically, we, have we, of those. we keep this uh, podcast more uh, obviously in the comedy vein. But I mean, since I got you and since you and since we, I guess, brought it up um, now, how, how do you think that that uh, do you think that there was like, how did that blow up to so such a big thing? And you're saying just the opposite, basically.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's, like, makes for good TV, I think, the the controversy of it. Also, I think, like, I don't know when it started before me being living in Portland, but, like, I think the the Proud Boys or something came to Portland because it's, like, this, you know, how it's in Portlandia, and it's kind of representative of this, this, this liberal kind of fantasy land, you know? And so this was, like, where could we go to – to go to the belly of the beast like if you're if you're trying to agitate so then it just became sort of this like gladiator arena for people to hit each other with like nerf swords and stuff and it's just a pain now it's just kind of ruined the downtown area of portland but it's a small it's confined really If, if you come here you'll be like where is it all where where is it all going on and it's kind of a small part of downtown Everything is else still going like, is that still like in that. I mean, no, that now not 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 they still do nightly protests, but they're very small and normally they're not violent, you know. Okay. Uh unless something happens. But it's uh, you know, so I keep, don't know. It's, it's Portland, weird how Portland keep, became a weird, kind of, right?
0: <laughs> Isn't that their tagline? What's it what's that? You, What's, it, what's their tagline, keeping Portland weird or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We keep, we're keeping Portland weird. I think they were thinking more like, you know, Quirky. kind of uh, dog-friendly restaurant than like a uh, war zone for white nationalists. <laughs> <But> <laughs> whatever, whatever becomes weird, I guess. Just, just new titles.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, so are you doing okay through the whole pandemic? I mean, uh, how, like, how's your comedy world?
1: Comedy World is uh, okay. Obviously, I'm with everybody else. The gigs getting canceled and everything—it sucks. But um, I've kind of fell into these uh, virtual shows uh, for it's kind of like half charity, half corporate, raising money for the food bank. It's called Stand Up to Corona. Yeah. So I get to do a fair amount of those a week. You know, they're not—it's not enough money to like live off of long term, but it. I more like it because it makes me feel productive. It's like, you know, you get a couple bucks, you do a show, it's like usually 10 minutes. And and then you can say you raise money for uh, the food bank, which is a good cause right now. So that that has been like my main source of comedy lately. And then like you, I started a couple podcasts and uh, try to stay busy with that. And then we were talking about this before we jumped on, but I really view this whole, Pandemic is like an asteroid, like a meteor, that killed the comedians, you know. And you just want to be one of the one of the species left standing right. when the dust cloud finally settles, like the, whatever that is. The platypus of uh, of the, uh, the of platypus. yeah <laughs> yeah that's our bumper sticker at Summit. Just be a platypus. <laughs> Find a way to survive. Yeah, Sur- we got It's through. like NCAA tournament, you know. It's like survive in advance. You know, you just you don't have to win pretty right now. Just win ugly. Yeah, Get through it, and uh, there'll be better days, you know? Now, now I've heard so many people say
0: this to me, um, and it's like, man, like, you just wait. Everybody wants to laugh after this is all over. Like, and and you're like, I wish I had a nickel for every time they've said that. No, literally, I wish I had a nickel (laughs) (laughs) because I'm not making a nickel off this podcast. So, it's funny to hear that, and it's kind of like a recession, I guess, you know, you Although I hear today was the biggest day of the stock market ever, which I just think it still baffles me that like that is yeah. actually happening or can happen during a time where you and I are talking just to talk because we you I'm having I'm having trouble selling live comedy and you're and you're not really allowed to do it so much so um, totally
1: um, yeah I think like well first of all the stock market is not. I don't think is representative representative of the economy, you know, as a whole. Uh especially for stand up, it's never really been an accurate measure of how well I'm doing as a comedian. (laughs) Like, you know, the Bush (laughs) the Bush tax cuts didn't really spurn on my open mic donations when I was (laughs) in the early two thousands or whatever. But like I, I uh um I don't know, you know, I like I said, I think like it is like a recession. It's like hard times, you know? But like I said, I think you just have to find a way to matter for the next right. six months. And then I don't think it'll be. So, what you were saying, like, people are like, oh my God, people are going to be. And my wife has said this too to kind of pick up my spirit. She's like, oh, it's going to be like people can't wait to go out once they get this vaccine and your comedy clubs are going to be packed. And it's like, I don't know. I think it's going to be the same. It's going to be like it was before the virus. It'll right. be, you know? it'll be a bitch to get people to come to shows it was before it'll be after but i'll take the same i'll take it like how it was <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah. if you if you can get that much money you, you, no, you do you feel now like going back in that it's going to be a little dip in the uh, like the clubs per se cuz the clubs are kind of the baseline of like a, you know who sets the the market as far as you know do you think that people are going like hey we haven't had shows in the last 9 months and hey can you do this now for x amount of money when i know no, normally you used to go in at this amount of money. Do you think the, there's going to be think, a lot of that going on?
1: Yeah, I think everyone's going to take their shots. You know, yeah. like I'm sure um, everyone's feeling it, so everyone's going to go. Can we do this and get the comics for less? But that's where it's up to comics and you know brokers of comedy and stuff to go. Hey, we all felt the pain on both sides. Okay, right. why of- would Why are we going to take less? You're not going to charge less for tickets. You know, I know with um, these cruise ship comics uh, are they're already talking about, like, what it's going to be like going back. And and I'm sure, you know, I don't know the exact plans or whatever, but I'm sure cruise ships are going to try and squeeze the comics and because I haven't worked and it'll be like a year by the time at least by the time they get back on. Right, And I'm sure they're going to squeeze them and say, hey, you know, we we only got $50 billion from the federal government. How are we supposed to survive, you know, with paying you the same rates? Did so, they get a bailout? I didn't hear anything yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. They did? got a okay. huge bailout, yeah.
0: Oh, I didn't hear about that.
1: Yeah, that was part of the initial... Different from the PPP? Uh, I think they got, like the same way the airlines and a okay. few other industries got like a specific carve out of money I think I think that they got that
0: too got it okay but I'm
1: but I mean you know and look I'm not like anti cruise line or whatever and there's a lot of people with jobs soon that's a big industry and I want to keep every industry going you know I, I wish they would bail everybody out you know I think it's crazy that they've been waiting this long to do another round of it. So yeah, well, I, a lot I of people a, are going to go out of business that didn't need to, you know, <laughs> I read a headline. But I don't want to be one of them
0: just this week that, uh, I think I posted it on Instagram, even, uh, I guess, um, somewhere there was a cruise ship first cruise ship back. Um, and the, they had a person get off like the very first day cause they got COVID. So yeah, no, it's, like, I mean, it's too soon. You can't, the fact that they're going out without doing the vaccine first, that it, That kind of, and we're so
1: close. And like you know, with this again, with this positive vaccine news, it's like, why are we gonna rush these next two months? You know, we're so close to people being able to get vaccinated, and then, and then you don't have to worry about it. So, uh, I would just, if I were them, I would wait and then just go back to the way it was before. You know, but I'm sure they'll try and find an edge somewhere, and then it's up to, it's just what comics are going to be willing to to take and you got to balance survival with, you know, trying to keep the industry going. Now
0: you started going into the cruise market. What's, what's the percentage of your work before all this was going down, like uh, in the cruise market?
1: Uh, I mean, I would do 10 to 12 weeks a year on average. Okay. On on a, on a ship. That's like, and only for one. It's like 20% quick math. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, the money's good. So it's, it's an, just because it's only 12 weeks, but it, it outpaces like club work and stuff like that because of the money. But yeah, I'd say about 20%. And um, you know, and then I, it's so funny though, because even when I was doing it, I would always tell myself, cause the money seemed, the money's really good. And whenever I get a gig where the money's good and it's the same with colleges too, I, in the back of my head, I'm always like, OK, but you got to diversify like you don't want to be right. like a, a guy who is like, oh, man, cruise ships pay a lot. I'll just do all cruise ships and then I'll be rich, you know, because in my head, they like one person could take this away from me. And I said just one person can go ah, oh, We don't want to work him anymore. And then you're done, you know, with that with that cruise line. And there's only like two or three of them that you want to work. So. Uh, in my head, I would always go, they could take this away at any second. What else do you got? What get your stuff on Sirius XM? Get your stuff yeah. like have other revenue streams all the time because you know you want to have stuff they can't just take away from you on a whim. And I should have been better, you know, 10 years ago about building out a podcast and follow, you know, working on an online following. But I was I'm always I'm more of like the like bricklayer type comedian I want to write the joke I want to do the gig I want to cash the check you know and I I don't always want to think about it in this big picture but as I've gotten older I think I'm definitely and during this pandemic there's nothing to do but think right for sure I'm trying to think like okay have some revenue streams no one can just take away from you because they don't respond to an email yeah. You know, well, I've often
0: is. told comedians that uh, the, the spokes on the comedy wheel, like <laughs> your wheel doesn't go around very well if it's only got one spoke. So if you can right. get all the different I always said the five C's, you know, the clubs, colleges, corporates, cruises, churches, I mean, those are kind of like, you know, the all the, you know, main revenue streams for that. I and mean, there's obviously other ones too, like you said, like social media waves of uh generate income with uh that and like uh, XM, Sirius, etc. But uh as far as performing live stand up, those are the main. And and if you can diversify and do that, yeah, you definitely help your chances. Uh not in a pandemic year. I mean, that's right. Unfortunately that was the one thing, right? That nobody knew that left hook that just we just got all sucker punched. And I used to joke with my wife saying, what is I knew, like, it's so weird, like, out of the box thinking that I'm always, as a business owner, what's next? Like, how do I always stay, you know, ahead of the game and such? And I've said this a couple times on this podcast, like, just that. Like, what what was the one thing? Like, and I could never think of it. And the only thing I could always think of, like, I was like, maybe um, maybe the holograms will take over. And nobody will want to go yeah. see live stand-up. <laughs> and that was it. My wife's like, no, that's stupid. Like, they're always going to be a lot. People want to go out and see live events. Like, yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. And then I'm like, oh, pandemic! This was it. Damn it! We didn't think about that one. So now writing yeah. it out. So
1: well, no, and I I talked to a dude. On a, I remember talking to a kind of an old timer on a cruise ship one time, and he was like, because I said that same thing. I was like, you know, in my head, I'm always like, they could take this away any second. What am I doing to diversify? And he goes, you know, it's good you're thinking that way. But he also said, in my experience, this is the one industry that's recession proof. And he was talking about specifically, I know like clubs wouldn't agree with that, but he was talking about specifically cruise lines. He was like, the money's been the same or, you know, my rate has never gone down. Uh, we I've gone through a million different recessions and, you know, whatever, slow times. And he's like, it's been about the same the whole time. And so it is funny, like they found the one way to really <laughs> kill live comedy, you know, and it's, it's a bummer.
0: Yeah. But- and just entertainment in general. I mean... I think, yeah. I think, um, I mean, I think comedy has it a little bit better off than say like, uh, the, the bands and such. I think that's going to be a little bit more, uh, hesitant to, they say, have a, you know, an outdoor festival or, you know, or just, you know, the, you know, every summer, everybody, every major city has like that outdoor shed, right. That has yeah. like 10, 12,000 people that they bring in those kind of mid tier bands with a couple other ones. and, and you know, they're, Half of them are sitting there in the overpriced seats, and then the other ones get the uh, the $20 Groupons uh, and lawn seats that I always get. Um, but, you know, right. I think people are going to be so hesitant uh, to go do that, whereas I feel like something more in a smaller thing like the clubs and such is going to be more beneficial for the stand-ups before – longevity for like these other bands and you assume like say say like the Mumford and Sons of the world and all these other big name acts that are probably doing okay and they they can you know ride the wave a little bit and financially but they do have employees and and all those mid-tier bands all the way down the line you wonder how many of those bands are gonna break up I keep thinking that like all these bands that you haven't heard from in a while and then you're like they're not releasing any music and and then
1: or you know it forces them Cause you know, with music, it's like you even have more opportunity to like make money digitally. I think you know, and it could force them to just go not break up. Like, hey guys, we got to record some new shit. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we didn't right. think we were going to have to write another new song for the rest of our lives. We might have to write a new song.
0: Right? You can't. You can't. If you can't tour off your one hit wonder, I mean, right? Um, what are you going to do? With a second hit. Yeah, you got, and that's gonna be pretty hard. I mean, I I can't. I mean, I I'm trying to think of like a something that like a hit song that's come out of the last like nine months. Know. Other than no, I'm, uh, I'm
1: worse than you are. I, like, I'm so out of whop,
0: it. Wop, but maybe. I. I,
1: <laughs> I uh, it's funny you said thing about whap. tears. <laughs> right, right. It, it, it's funny you said the thing about tears with music because I've been thinking a lot about, and I and I Roy Wood uh said this in an article or something i remember reading him in print saying this he's like when these clubs do come back uh they're gonna book big acts for small venues because bigger acts are gonna not be allowed to play huge theaters or whatever so they're gonna be desperate to tour so they're gonna play the smaller clubs now where does that leave the middle tier headliners and stuff because it's going to leave you without any bookings, you know, for that whole. And then it's going to be backlogged for a whole year. I mean, right. I have, like, six clubs that canceled. And at first I was like, oh, I'll just get those rebooked. It's like, they're not going to have, you know, a spot for me for another full year probably. So, again, like, yeah. I think comics, especially if you're in, like, a middle tier headliner space, clubs have got to be, like – you know, low on the list of your plans as far as how you're going to make right. money in I've, 2021. I've said that
0: a few times uh, over the last 23 weeks as well on this podcast, uh, just the same thing. It's a, it's a pecking order. So, you know, just, I mean, Bill Burr used to go, go into 3,000 seat venues and sell them out. And obviously, again, that's not going to be prudent to go in and do that before the world gets back to somewhat normal, so just that he's going to want to work, so he's going to call the improv and go, "Hey, I know yeah. it's only 400 seats, and like, you know, it's literally just everybody keeps getting knocked down." So now you might have to go in and feature, um, right. whatever. I'm not saying that you personally, but like, <laughs> no, 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 you no. Know, but it's it's just that, like, you get everybody gets knocked down. So and I and like can you, can you imagine? I mean, there's always that the, the comedian, right? You know, when you create, you know, you, you're you're working on your act, and like you work your way up to the open mics and such. And can you imagine, like, if January 1st of this year, like you've been doing open mics for, like seven years or whatever, you're like, you know what? I've got enough time under my belt. This is the year, 2020. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna quit my job and go out and do this full time. Can you imagine? I'd love to have somebody. I, I need somebody on this podcast right now so I can talk I to them. The uh, okay. I
1: got the guy. I got the guy. Literally. <laughs> and then all grandpa. of a sudden, two months later, just like, are you shitting me? Right now? I, I, I literally have the person for you. My friend, Bo Johnson. He's okay. a great comic. very funny guy. He's open for me a bunch. And this year, like, I'm not, I'm saying not even this year. I'm talking about, like, February <laughs> 5th. He quit his day job. He had all this work, like he had like loony bins lined up or something. And so he was excited. He was gonna go work out on the road. And and like literally he's in the middle of Oklahoma and everything's <laughs> getting shut down. And he, he had just quit his job like a couple of weeks ago. And he booked how like, far how, how far out did he
0: did he book his calendar? Like had he booked like six oh, months. Oh yeah, out? months.
1: He had because that's why he was confident to to quit. He finally had booked himself out enough road work where he's like, okay, I think I can actually make this happen. And he had a good day job working at a food bank in Seattle.
0: And, uh, Hold on. He, Gabriel he, Michael just said, uh, was also about to say Bo Johnson. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, no, so Dave knows, man. And it's and like, Bo
0: Johnson uh, is watching the stream right now. Please reply in the comments. I'm gonna yeah, send you an well, invite and let you, you tell the story. You have too. him on.
1: You gotta have him on. Because then, then he, so the best part is though, I'm gonna get him on everything here. Everything gets canceled. Everything is canceled. He like, flies home to Seattle. And he, he gets his job back they let him come back He's like well, that was nice right, do over let me back, please And they're like, yeah, you know you can come back so what line of work that was that the in do you know yeah there's also a guy named uh, Matt Markman who was in Vegas he's a funny guy and he uh, quit his day job right before the pandemic and was going to do he, he has two kids or a kid and his oh. wife and they were going to do an RV tour and he booked himself like an entire tour across the country and an RV and like all that got canceled, but he quit and I don't think he went back. And I think they did the RV tour, but then they just like, you know, saw the country. You're like,
0: all right, now we're uh, going to Topeka and all right, yeah, cool. we're going <laughs> to go see the world.
1: Yeah. He's like, we're in Topeka to do another virtual show. I could have done this from anywhere, but good to be in Topeka. Uh, man. That's, that would be the worst because Cause you know, the
0: backstory on that, like say that guy's married, right? He's got a, a kid or a kid on the way. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of conversations involved with like, Hey honey, I want to follow my dream and this is what's going to happen. Here's how I'm going to do it. And you probably laid it all out like professionally, like, and cause I assume once you get older like that, that it's a little bit harder to jump off that, that, you know, that corporate bandwagon to pursue that dream. Uh, right. Luckily, I did it I, when I started Summit Comedy, I was 26 and I was engaged at the time. But my wife was my soon to be wife was very supportive and it was like, hey, yeah, you got this. I believe in you. Let's do it. So a little bit different if you got a kid or a kid on the way. I mean, there's just that's got to be a lot tougher sell, I guess. Per yeah. se, to- it's,
1: it's a tougher sell, but I think there's got to be something kind of. It, it would suck. Don't get me wrong. It would absolutely suck to make the plunge, convince, you know, your loved ones that you're going to do this, and then to, to express the confidence back into you that you yeah. should do it. And then for, like, COVID to happen, that would suck. But at least it's one of those things where it's like, well, what the hell? You know, like, I... <laughs> you can't even say I didn't fail, you know? It's right. what are you going to do? You know, there's no... You can't really blame me, you know? So it's... Right it's it, it, at least it's there's a way to just it's like a cosmic sort of joke and everybody's screwed so it's it takes some of the sting out of it i would think
0: yeah my wife has a, a phrase that i hear her say and the she's a school teacher so i hear her say uh um little things i pick up along the line that like like that i that i'll use down the road like oh that's a good line i'll use that like and i use things like hey well these are the things you need in your toolbox. Those kind of like phrases, whatever. So she always says, right. uh, if you're going to fail, fail forward. So, you know, just keep moving ahead. And, you was know, like, so that kind of um, falls in into that, uh, that realm, I guess. But man, I could, I can imagine, man, that's, I mean, again, <laughs> maybe you always want somebody that's worse off than you. I guess. <laughs> maybe that's why I brought yeah. that up, I guess. And I, I don't, yeah. you know, maybe I, uh, maybe I've met Bo Johnson. I don't know. Maybe I've seen him somewhere, but I feel bad. That should be Bo your,
1: Johnson. your, your podcast, you should change your theme and just, you're like, I just want to interview people who are having a worse time than me. <laughs> Who's worse yeah. off than me? <laughs> Who's worse off than Chuck? Come on. Come on the show. Are you uh, homeless? Hey, come on the show. I'd love to
0: interview There's worse podcasts out there.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a good hook. I like it. I might Every, steal
0: that. Everybody's got something, right? So, uh, so speaking of uh, children, you have a child on the way? Yes. Nice. All right. My wife now, is uh,
1: 30,
0: 38 weeks pregnant. Oh, oh yeah, you're, be you're any day now. the final hour here. So um, now, yeah. if you were in that scenario, say you had started uh, in January full, like I'm going full time. What do you think uh, your bride would would say? Would she support you?
1: You know what's weird? I think she would. We're we're a little unique though because she uh, was a stand up. That's kind of. That's not how we met, but she was a stand up in L.A. in Portland, Portland, then L.A. And then she kind of transitioned into improv and now she does uh, screenwriting. And I think that because of that and because we have both lived that kind of starving artist lifestyle for a really long time, you know, this is like it's scary not having like to see on the calendar how you're going to make your money for the next six months. That's very yeah. scary. But also, we've, we've kind of been there before. <laughs> and uh, it, it's funny because she lost her job literally in March. She got laid off because she had she got a like a good day job here in Portland. But when the pandemic hit, she got laid off. We found out she was pregnant. And all my gigs got canceled, like, all within a week, right? Like, it was a real uh, shitstorm. <laughs> and then you'd think we'd, like, completely – but we were kind of like, oh, well, you know, we'll be broke. We but we've kind of been in love. there before. Yeah, exactly. We're in love. We've, we've got a pretty decent setup. And uh, things seem to figure themselves out that way. So I think she would be supportive. But she's pretty unique that way. Just because, you know, she might chase after the same crazy-ass dream. You know? And I would support her. So yeah. And then if our daughter is uh, can't go to college... It doesn't really bother either of us, you know, as long as we are we're able to do what we want to do. so
0: <laughs> You can learn most things on YouTube these days.
1: Do you really yeah. need to go to college? <laughs> college is a scam. Look at that. all these people a, are trying to get their student loan debt. It so. is a kind of
0: a tough sell now. Like, uh, I can see, like, if my son came to me and go, listen, I don't think I need to go to college. And if he explained to me, like, if he was driven to go down a certain path without doing that, I, like, i probably be all for it. I mean, because it, people clearly make a li- good living without going to college and you can still learn things. So, yeah, um,
1: I mean, I go back in the virtual world now.
0: Holy shit. I mean, my son went to he's a freshman in college, so he um, he's no longer at college. He came home. I can tell you, though. I the, the amount of money that I'm saving by him not being there and granted I know he's not having the college experience that you know we all did who has right. gone to college um and that does suck for him um but the amount of money extra money that you put into that program to it's it's baffling so it's kind of crazy to like see this now and, and I'm like all right well at least we got a a, a not a free year but like a, a highly reduced uh, rate for the first year, so
1: so they are changing the money because they're not having on campus activities. Um, I was curious about that actually.
0: So, they're definitely, um, as far as working the college market as a comedian, yes, they, there are uh, many schools that have cut budgets tremendously. I mean, because and they just cut across the board. I mean, it, um, the the you know, the employee, uh, not a people that are employed are definitely down. Um, there's I mean, there's constantly I'm getting like, oh, he or she's no longer the contact there. Now it's this person because now I'm doing seven jobs instead of three. So that kind of scenario. So it it is definitely being um, the the cuts are across the board. Um, I think, you know, part of it's just a trickle down. thing. It's simple mathematics, right? I mean, not like if a college has typically, you know, in a normal year, 20,000 students, I have to say it's reduced probably at least by 30 percent um this year due to people that hey i'm just taking a break and you know, and, or going virtual so all those fees add up so if say the that that 30 percent um aren't paying into that student activity fee or whatever yeah it's just simple it's just all gets kicked down the line and now they're doing virtual bingo nights or something like that for a hundred bucks and trying to entertain the students that way so i mean it, The amount of shows that I have booked um, virtually and live, um, it still surprises me during this pandemic year, to be honest with you. So, I mean, yeah, you just did a live show for me recently, right?
1: Yeah. In in Pueblo. How did uh, that go? I
0: don't even know if I remember talking to you about that.
1: It was interesting because I did it the year before. It's, It's kind of like their honors um event like it's like you're emceeing sort of this uh, award ceremony like the emmys but for scholastic achievements and stuff mm-hmm. and the year before it was like really cool i mean everyone dresses up i mean i had to wear a suit they they um had like 500 people there the kids their parents his teachers the school president everybody's there and they made it this huge deal, and at first I was like, "This is, I, you know, when you're a comic, you just want to do your show. You don't want to MC something. Yeah, you know, just, you just want to do your act." But unfortunately, but, the market comes
0: with some a uh, little bit more expectations sometimes because they do pay pretty well, and it's better than just going and doing a club gig where you just go up there. Totally, first, totally. Right?
1: But I mean, the you know when I see that on the MC, there's part of me like, all right, but going in skeptical like that, I still walked away from like, that was like one of the coolest things I've ever done because I felt like they got a lot out of it. It was cool to see them, you know, their whole lives are starting and they're being honored. And these are like great kids and all this stuff. And then this year I did, it was the same event, but like so pared down, like no parents, no school administrators, really like two or three, one a woman trying to run the whole tech on a laptop in the background and things were getting kind of confused and there's like 20 kids in there and they're all spaced out, like as far as humanly possible. I had to wear a mask on stage as I. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause they had that, they were streaming it and there was some controversy about the school president, not wearing a mask. And so like from now on anybody on camera wears a mask at all times. So, it was definitely, like, not the uh, glitz and glamour. Of that. I mean, it was fun. Did I, they I hear you,
0: though? It. I mean, like, uh, like just being muffled
1: through the... Well, the... and that's the thing, is I wanted to change, and then I was worried about using the same microphone as someone else. I didn't want to... I was more worried about that than the mask, you know? Right. And so, I was changing microphone covers every time I'd go up. So, I think they could hear me. It was probably a little... It wasn't as great as it could have been obviously in normal circumstances but that was a good example of like wow even when we're doing live shows it is not the same i've done live shows since i've done like probably like nine or ten of them since the uh pandemic started all in like different circumstances i've done one where they literally hung plexiglass like six inches in front of my face so you're, like, performing, like, in a terrarium or whatever, I, like a lizard. I'd almost rather that than have the muffled Way mask better. over you. Yeah, absolutely. Way better. I would yeah. take that 10 times out of 10 over wearing a mask. Yeah, because the kick.
0: sound's still going out and about to everybody. So
1: Yeah, and you're talking into the mic behind the glass. Yeah. Like, fine. I, that was Fine. Isn't it funny? I talked about
0: this. I had Dave Williamson on last week, and uh, he's been all over the country uh, opening for Burt Kreischer, and and we were just joking about it. like, isn't it funny how like all the things that we typically say to do to run a comedy night, now it's the ex- exact opposite. Like, hey, it's right. got to be inside, never outside, and now it's like, hey, let's do some outdoor shows. Right? And like, hey, pull the people up as close to the stage as possible. We need intimacy so you can see their faces.
1: Now it's like, nope get the fuck right. back move away from the stage so we make, want we want stage. low ceilings you know and tight <laughs> corridors so we don't want a big airy space where there's great <laughs> ventilation we do not want that yeah comedy. now we, uh, we we need to see the stars <laughs> like right to make this work <laughs> yeah. no i know i dave does those shows where they like honk i haven't done any of those where they like they honk the horn for yeah. laughter that well, seems
0: to me. well, I asked him about that, and I said that's got to be like uh, d- very disruptive to your set. And, and he said, at first it was, uh, but they don't they they run a promo thing and go over the rules and such to not <laughs> do that until the end. Right. So that's the uh, that's your a big applause break, I guess, at the end when uh, at the end of your set or the end of the actual show. So they don't do so it the during.
1: Horns- so the horns aren't, like, standing in for laughs. It's not like No, 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 no. No. Okay.
0: And that's what I was afraid of, too. I was like, how do you, like, you'd you be doing a bit. And like, like, so it's got to be, yeah. So he said it wasn't that way. Typically, it was it was at the end of everybody's set, like him or Jesus Trejo or one of the other guys, um, you know, before getting off. At the end, they just, they hawk, and then then do their, their blinkers of the lights and stuff. And, and he said, but he said that, he said he did one. I can't remember where a Philly, maybe that it was just like tons of people there. And he goes, well, "One of the coolest ovations he's ever gotten, though." So it was just really wow. cool. It's just different, right? I mean, everything's different. So we've we've learned to pivot and make it work. And that's
1: and, what and, I mean. And
0: kudos to them because they. They, they are the only ones that I feel like uh, that whole Burt Kreischer camp uh, crew, that they've done it right and they're doing it well. And Because production costs has got to be crazy expensive and such, but they're just making it work. And I don't know if anybody else has wanted to tackle that because it does seem like a lot of work. And, of course, people come to me all the time and go, hey, Chuck, these guys, I saw them. They're doing this thing. You should try to do that. Okay, great. Right. Like, I don't have... 30 grand laying around for every show I want to just put on to run that risk of not having people show up with a horn. No, but
1: I mean, that's what I mean. Like, so that's the big version of that. It's like be a platypus, right? Like, okay, you know, this, uh, everyone, uh, when this whole thing started, you know, there was a lot of like, uh, I'll never do a zoom show because that's not real comedy, all this stuff. Right. Like, all right, you know, but I I like seeing the innovation. I think it's whatever. Doing a show for a bunch of cars honking at you is not good in in, in any relative term. But it's better than not doing a show. And that's just how I feel. Right. And uh, I like seeing it. I like seeing how creative comics have gotten. And the ones who are trying that kind of stuff are the ones who are going to be around after all this. And the ones who just kind of threw their hands up and like, well, I'll wait. I'll wait till I can go back to doing it the way I I wonder if if that'll be around for them
0: now. I, f- I feel like um, most of the people I talked to shortly there after all this hit around March fifteenth or so um, that most comedians were that way. Like I'll wait. Did you ever have that like like a week or two or a month, or did you just immediately like pivot? Were you smart enough to get ahead of the curve and to to change and pivot or not? I
1: was. I was not smart enough to go, oh, I'm going to do virtual shows and I'm going to, but I was panicked and I was open to any idea. So yeah. like I got approached, like I said, that stand up to Corona thing, I got approached with that pretty early on and it was like, yes, I am I am all over that, like what can I do? And then, and then I had to like audition, do like an audition set. And I was like, how does that even work? But I, I worked on it and I was like, I want to kill this because I just want to matter. You know, I want to survive. And so <laughs> That's I a wasn't, great line. Smart. I just like, want to matter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm not like a, you know, forward thinking genius. Yeah. You know, like I'm pretty old school. Just like I said, nuts and bolts comic, but, I also was not shooting down any idea. Like if someone had a weird idea to do, I was all over trying it because I was also in a situation where my wife was pregnant. So I had to be like extra, extra careful about any live show, even like the outdoor shows. Yeah. You know, the few that I've done, I mean, I'm wearing like the good N95 mask. I bought a face shield, you know, for when I had to fly and I had the mask and the shield and like, so I I went like, Falls to the wall safe and i wasn't gonna just do random shows for a couple bucks here or there because it wasn't worth the risk you know once she has a baby again like I'll, i might take a few more risks but um <laughs> anyway yeah so well, yeah. I, I don't think i was like smart but i definitely was willing
0: yeah i uh I, again i I, I admit when I do things right and, and wrong, and I uh, do admit that I did that wrong. That I did the, uh, hey, I'm going to sit yeah, around. I'm going to sit around for three months and not do shit, and I'm going to golf a lot and and um, and just wait for the world to start back. It wasn't quite three months, but like it was. I was, no, very, I was very vocal about it, even even some of my peers, and I was like, "It's it's not the same," and I just couldn't get past that. We all knew it wasn't the same. I couldn't yeah. get the past uh, Get past. The 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 factor of selling an inferior product, that was um, something I couldn't get past because in my soul, like I knew it was an inferior product. And and I don't care what anybody says. I still back that that is not the same and it's not as good. I have right. seen some really good virtual shows. Um, but, as far as it being an inferior product as opposed to a live yeah. event, of course, the people that the ones that I do have seen put on a really great virtual show. Their live show is ten times better. So it's like just that. So right. So it was just once I got past that and with some poking and prodding and and self-reflecting, I guess it 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 worked out pretty good. But if I well, had just had those six weeks back, like because it would happen like, you know, I mean, you know, the college market's pretty big for uh, Summit Comedy. So, like, I had so many bookings that were canceled between March 15th and whatever, June and whatever. So, it was bananas. So, if I could even have 20% of that bag, holy shit, that would have been nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, in fairness to you, because, yeah, we had a conversation, you know, and I was, right. I was, I felt like I was poking at you about it a little bit. But, in fairness to you, no one knew really how long this was going to last and you're right when you say it's an inferior product it is not anywhere near as good you know so there i think there is some like legitimacy to going i want to protect the brand i want to you know i don't want to just slap and you have to worry about it a little bit more than like individual comics because you're like i don't want to slap our our brand on on just anything you know now we're leaving it up to because like sometimes like i said when i do these other ones they get reviews like, oh, the comic was fine, but the internet connection wasn't very good. Right. <laughs> you know. Oh, so yeah. you're like Easy. of all the things you gotta <laughs> worry about now. And that can screw that can be the most I would Absolutely. much rather watch a comic with mediator mediocre jokes with a good internet connection than try and watch someone like stuttering you know yeah. that is like infuriating to watch yeah you so. planned
0: your whole event like a week out or so and then all of a sudden there's a like a hurricane coming up through the coast or whatever you're like son of a bitch like and it's knocking oh. out your internet and such <laughs> like it's, you yeah. can't win you can't has, win it,
1: it, on that theme like it has been such a cursed year because it, i'm here in portland and i was uh helium started running uh the comedy club in town Started running like an outdoor comedy series, and I was like, "Okay, here's something I can finally do. You know, I can be a, uh, I can get finally get these people in Portland who like me. That here's a show, here's a show. Finally, and I can record it and get some new content online and all this stuff. And then they canceled the outdoor show because the wildfire smoke was so bad. <laughs> so it's like we can't go inside, we can't go outside. There's <laughs> there's nowhere safe to breathe." Right now. Uh it's good times. I mean yeah. vaccines
0: right around the corner. Like and the and the world's settling down too, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, I think it's like, you know, we it's we I don't know when the peak they'll say the peak was. I feel like we gotta be close to like and I'm not talking about the peak of the virus. I know that we're in like a really bad spot with the virus right now. But I'm just talking about like the peak of the darkness feels like we're either at it or just past it
0: yeah or we're just getting used to it like i i feel i feel like i mean it's kind of the new like i hate the new normal uh phrase but like because it's now the old new normal i mean because it's it's been hell nine months now i mean almost to the day right so yeah it's, it's 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 it is what it is. So, hey man, we're gonna what? pivot a little bit because uh, we only got about fifteen minutes left. But uh I want to hear the uh, your Conan O'Brien story. How you got uh, on Conan O'Brien? Because uh, I, I think it's a beautiful story. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So,
0: because um, you stretch the truth a little bit in your story, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, okay. that part.
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not as as uh, devious as that makes it sound, but. So like I I was in LA I don't know th- four four or five years and uh, you know I had different levels of representation just about that whole time like different kind of managers and agents all, all nothing like ever very high powered and when I got representation and I had a uh, I, I had an agent before I worked with you even and I uh, when that happened for me I just assumed oh, it's all going to, I don't ever have to hustle again. You know, it was like such a stupid thing. But I just thought, oh, my agent will book me now. So all I have to do is do the shows. This is great. I don't have to, I mean, imagine thinking about that really, like as a comic. But that's really what I thought, is once you get representation, you don't have to book yourself anymore. And it just could not be for any comic listening to this, please. That is not the way it works. Even the most famous comic you know is hustling up, shit for themselves all the time and
0: also let the audience know that uh chuck johnson wasn't his exclusive uh agent for everything uh, his workload no <laughs> no no no
1: no no this is like anyway so people are gonna
0: be like chuck didn't book him very much
1: <laughs> no 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 but that's that's my point is you do a great job right like summit is i mean not even take the bias out of it Summit is considered one of the top or the top college agency right but even if you get summit, would you want a client who just sits on their hands and goes, "Oh, now Chuck's going to book me for everything"?
0: No. Uh, How yeah. hard
1: are you going to work for that client, or that not that client, but that comic, versus the comic who goes, "Oh, great, I got Chuck now," and then continues to hustle their ass off?
0: Yeah, the uh, the uh, Jerry Maguire phrase, "Help me, help you," comes to mind right. quite a bit. I mean, it, it's a it's so if a, they're
1: getting you new tapes all the time and absolutely. they're getting you. You know, and they're like, "Hey, you know, I worked at this college, and this kid really liked me, and he goes to this school. Talk to him. You know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. so I had that lazy kind of mindset, and finally, I realized, you know, I was like, "Man, you know what? This is not working. Right? Like, <laughs> I keep waiting for this for this guy or these people to make me famous, and this is not working. So, what I did instead, as I had my friend Ryan, he worked in television as like a production uh mostly reality but he worked in production he was like kind of this slick talking new yorker you know like uh very very uh, gregarious like the opposite of me in like social situations and i was like you know, me and my my buddy brant we would hike Ryan and we'd go you know it'd be like the perfect manager is ryan we can just tell him exactly what we need <laughs> tell him exactly what to do and he gets along great with people and he'd be great so that's what we did. We just made. I told my other. I was like, "Hey, this isn't working out. You know, I need to just do this stuff myself and refocus." And I didn't I know that part. Like, I didn't know you had somebody
0: that wasn't doing something, and then you just kicked him to the curb. That's the yeah. Best. That's even yeah. better story now. All
1: right, continue. Yeah. Sorry. I I fired my manager for a fake manager for for Ryan, for Ryan. <laughs> whoever yeah. Ryan is. No, but but what happened was is then Ryan you know he built himself a cool website and he was like okay and i was like ryan here are the clubs i want to work here are the festivals i want to do here are the uh you know other industries i want to get into here's here's the late night shows i want to do and email them with my clip you know because i've been emailing late night shows just on my own because my manager wouldn't do so it's like i would just do it on my own and then they kind of get I don't know if there is truth to that or not. You should talk to a late night booker and see, but definitely Ryan. So then Ryan, one of the people he uh, emailed was guy Conan, JP Buck. And all of a sudden, bam, he was like, Hey, we like your tape, you know? And I got, you know, some <laughs> cool people who knew me in comedy to reach out to JP too. And that was Ryan kind of spearheading that he's like, Hey, Ryan, would be like, this guy likes you. Why don't you have him? Get another and- person to to piggyback what Ryan is saying. Yeah, exactly. These are real people. actual well, real comedians. People, at J.P. You know what I mean? But yeah, like yeah, yeah, not real. How so many managers? You know, it was like so fat. And the next thing you know, like I'm booked on Conan. And by the way, Ryan's like great friends with JP. Now, I don't know how much JP knows about Ryan, how Ryan got into the business, but they're like really good friends. I think Ryan went to his wedding, you know, and like Ryan knows JP way better than I do. And like, like I better.
0: didn't get an invite to his wedding.
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's what I mean about Ryan just like – and like it's so true. Me and Brant would talking about this. There's no like business degree for being a comedy manager. There's no degree for being a booking agent. You know, right. there's no – you're good at it because of the person you are and the relationships you can develop, I think. And Ryan, we just knew, would be like good at it. So Yeah, it's kind of
0: a little yeah. bit about all who you know and how you just can interact with people like you said. I always joke with my parents and said – I didn't need to get a college degree to do what I'm doing, obviously, but I needed right. to go to college because that's where I kind of learned the ropes. I went through the campus activities, and and that's kind of how I got into, into this world. And, and I had gone to a NACA my senior year and such. That's kind of when I was like, oh, wait, well, all these guys are agents, and
1: I can do that. Yep. So, it uh, would be funny, though, if you did this job, especially with colleges, and you had never been to college. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what goes on there, but this is this well, is my. A-
0: Ironically, I don't know if you know the story, but uh, I was hired as Carrot Tops College Agent um, is my like right out of college, and the, the reason f- for that was, hey, this kid's out of college, he can relate to them, and like he ah. can sell them to them. So, pretty smart concept on, on that. So, you're like a Ryan. Yeah, I am. I'm Ryan.
1: You're I'm, Ryan. <laughs> hey, I want to ask you a question though about colleges. Yes. Yes. Because you were before you brought up the Conan thing, you were you said like the new normal a little bit. Yeah. Do you think, because the way NACAs, for people who don't know, the way NACAs normally work, there's like four or five of them a year. Mm -hmm. Comedians and performers fly to a city where students have gathered in that region to watch you perform and then choose who to book. And to me, it always seemed like this sort of outdated way of picking talent, right? Because, like, you have so much volume of material online, like, why do they need to see you in person? Do you think that NACA will, will go back ever to the way that it was before the pandemic?
0: Um, that's a really good question. Um, well, I don't know if you – I think you know this, but they did a uh, ver- two virtual conferences this fall. Yeah, I was
1: like a first alternate or something. It pissed that, me off. Right, that.
0: right. Yeah. So, which meant nothing, basically. So, right, cause, Cause everyone because everyone
1: can make that flight.
0: Because actually, it wasn't even—you uh, didn't have to show up live. You you canned your virtual performance and sent it to them. So there's no way you could be like, yeah, nobody was missed, getting bumped to get moved up <laughs>
1: to the list. If you missed that call time, you are yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So ironically, uh, so and that went. Well, let's just say it went um, less than stellar. Um, there okay. were, um, I I think. Um, well, I know, and this is not braggadocious at all, that um, Summit Comedy got the most uh, uh, comedy bookings. But, I mean, I say that with a grain of salt because I think out of the two conferences was maybe 12 or 14, f- like, forms filled out, which haven't wow. all uh, solidified into bookings. I think we maybe booked five out of those. But, um, so was it worth my time? I don't know. I mean, it. I, I didn't lose money. I think a lot of people did lose money in that aspect so ironically this is and i i hope somebody from naca is watching right now because um <laughs> i've been on an email thread with them the last couple of days and i think they're calling me tomorrow um because um i feel like um so they're doing a they they have a national conference they always do in february and it, that's It's kind of like NACA to the 10th power, typically. That's where they, you know, all the William Morris's and the bigger agencies, ICM's, APA's, CAA's, they usually go and they they bring in some bigger comedians and bands and such to kind of spotlight their talent and such. Um, They're doing it virtual again. So I don't know if, like, how much of a, like, kind of piggybacking off your question, I don't know how much, like, are people going to go to that if they just pretty much saw what they're probably going to see and the on the virtual side they just did but my biggest right. complaint was when we when the ruling for submitting as you know you you send in like a two-minute clip and they judge you from that clip to get a showcase to go perform live so how they did the virtual showcases they asked that it be all 100 live like like you doing your show right here in front of your zoom and for four minutes and then you submit that to them you can it and then sim- you can edit it but you have to send that to them so my thought was i cre- i had three show- th- four different comedians showcase and i know you know them all uh you know zoltan was one um uh, francisco ramos jasmine ellis and um and who else um drawn a blank um r- regardless they um they they for I, I reached out and said, "Listen, I think I know what's best here. Let's do a hybrid of you being funny on a Zoom and then kind of kicking back live clips, interspersed with uh with just reality, I guess." And it yeah. went over great. And obviously, it went over great because uh, we got more bookings, uh, comedy bookings, than, um, than than the average agency. So this time around for this virtual conference coming up. And I, I again, I pray that somebody's watching this in NACO land because the, they are trying to tie everybody's hands saying, no, if you submit this time that way, um, we are going to ban your videos and uh... your money will not be refunded. And I say that's censorship. So I my thoughts are, so again, I'm only bring this up because you asked. And uh, No, I'm curious. My, my, thoughts, my thoughts on that is like, it's our money. It's Andrew Slater's money. It's everybody who's submitting to said conference. Let us submit how we want to submit, and have our hands tied to how NACA thinks we should submit our talent. It's ridiculous. It's a form wow. of censorship, I believe. And they, their, and their response was: these colleges said that they thought it would be more representation, representative of a virtual show. And then I responded again today. Hey, guess what, NACA? 50% of the shows I'm booking are live. So, what do you, what do you, you don't know my business. I know my business. We know our business better than people sitting in an office at NACA. So,
1: I would say, I would say, like, if you're, I could see them saying, we're just going to do everything live, like, no can, nothing. We want to see you, how you would do a show live for us. Zoom and you got to be there and you got to have your internet good and you got to have good lighting and you can't screw it up because if it were a real show, these would be all the circumstances we would require, you know, so, but so I could see that. But then I also agree with you because like the conference is not until February. So, right.
0: Hopefully, and then, in, and then, the, and
1: then the, bookie,
0: the bookings for those are usually in the fall. So I'm right. planning on all these bookings be live. So Being live I don't that, think see, that part is stupid. Their that mindset is is just baffling. And so,
1: and also like these, the, so the idea of having like pure Zoom shows, you know, where you're not cutting in and out, it's like that's uh, that's not great either. Because if you are going to do an hour show via Zoom. Everybody's attention spans on Zoom is half yeah. of what it is. Oh, I don't
0: book a show more than thirty minutes on Zoom. That's
1: that's our. Fifty role. minutes is a long time. So if you are doing a fifty-minute show I, on I, Zoom, I, you I, got it. You better be cutting in or doing something different, you know, in between to keep people's attention.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I don't book anything more than 30 minutes. And then for the colleges, I, I book uh, 30 minutes, followed by 15-minute uh, virtual Q&A and meet and greet. So, I mean, because yeah. anybody, I mean, can talk for 15 minutes about ourselves, how we've been doing it for 56. So, <laughs> right, I mean, like, so that aspect is different than just you trying to create their attention and making them laugh for an hour. So uh, once yeah. I did that, I think a lot of the schools actually kind of like the, the engagement factor of that meet and greet afterwards in the Q and a that like, all right, we saw this person perform and now like, Oh now we can ask some questions and personal and you know, What's it like being on on the road and all that stuff? So right. yeah, it's a good transition, I think. But you're spot on. The the attention uh, level uh, it's just not there. So hey, uh, uh, we're gonna pivot here one more time here because uh, I kind of run out of time here. Um, so we usually wrap up uh, the the end of the show with with like a good story or like a hell gig story, like something that like like what's your go to story? Whether it's your best story, um, that Chuck Johnson book for you. <laughs> No, just kidding, or uh, or or uh, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, or just like your worst hell gig story.
1: Oh man! All right. Well, it can be uh, either one. Your best or your worst. I'll I'll do my worst. I can, I, can, I honestly, your it's funny. Like your memory for things that are good, those just kind of run together. But then the ones that are bad always stick out. I did. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of like. Uh, something quick here okay well i'll do like bad heckles how about that so okay. one time i did i did casino and uh the Tulela in washington state and it was uh always i would always bomb and i was featuring there and it's so it's like covid friendly it was so spread out before covid it was, <laughs> tables are far apart really high ceilings and i was bombing you know and uh i was just going along kind of like in my head just sort of like oh this sucks so i can't wait to get out of here but then doing my act or whatever and i hear this table say something and i made this big mistake i was like uh what was that you know you should never <laughs> never going to repeat it but it's just this um kind of an old man and he goes uh and it's like this 80 year old couple and they're like like slot jockeys you know and this old guy's like we're not enjoying the show. That's what he said. <laughs> and then I turned to his wife, who I thought she was like this kindly old woman. I thought she was gonna have something, and she just was like, "No." Nope.
0: <laughs> that was the affirmation. No, nope. and
1: there's like nothing I could say. There's no. They said it very politely. He didn't. He wasn't mean. I asked him to speak, and I was like, uh, "They're not enjoying the show." I don't know. How long were you into do. your career at this point? Oh, like three years or something. I don't know. I used to do this thing where when I first started, if I was bombing, I try kind of just like retreat into a shell and then instead of going like you see comics get very confrontational and and like want to go they're bombing, they want to find out why. Like what yeah. the hell? What's going on with you people? This kills I the opposite. <laughs> Right. I would just go deeper and deeper into like kind of a robot version of my act to like protect myself and then get out of there. And I've learned that that's not great. <laughs> it never, it never gets. If you just go deeper into material while you're bombing, you know, right. you're never gonna find like the perfect joke to get you out of that. You gotta, uh, you gotta address it. You gotta tell.
0: That's a good one, man. Well, yeah. well, I appreciate yeah. you uh, coming on today. I know it was last minute with the uh, change and all, but this actually works out good considering uh, the we didn't want to push it uh, in two weeks when uh, the baby was. I, I know say, so. we would
1: have been doing this from the hospital room.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I think I would have let. You, I would give you a free pass. I think so. Oh, okay. So, man, hey, uh, kudos and all your success this far, thus far, man. And like, you know, I I do agree with you. I think we're gonna get over this, and and we're it's gonna come back tenfold. And, Hell yeah. yeah, I like it. I mean, you got you got a baby on the way. You got diapers and shit. You got to pay for. So oh yeah, it, right? I, know, I know.
1: I'm gonna get my baby on the road. We're gonna <laughs> come up with some weird virtual act. You can get baby, the puppet you puppet. you and Bo
0: Johnson you get you hop on the hop on the road and
1: <laughs> <laughs> two two uh, men and a baby. <laughs> Absolutely, man.
0: Well, uh, I appreciate it again. Uh, good luck uh, with everything with the new baby. I can't wait to see pictures online and such. And uh, and uh, again, thanks for coming out. And if uh, if you're listening and are watching, need a comedian for any event, uh, go to summitcomedy.com. Andrew is available and taking orders. So hit us up. And um, thank you, everybody. We'll see you uh, next week. Thanks, Chuck. Later. See you, buddy. Bye.